And thanks for joining us for another episode of Adventurers Anonymous, your weekly dose of far-fetched fantasy fucknuggetry. As the eagle-eyed amongst you may have noticed, we've been away for a few weeks taking a sabbatical. But we are back, and we're at it and excited to share with you another digital dollop of Dungeons & Dragons. So, grab yourself a flagon of ale, pull your chair closer to the fire, and join us for this week's episode. Please do enjoy. Boom! And we're live. Feels like nine years since we last played D and D, but scraped around the back of my brain, and I've put together a outline of what we did last week. And if it's wrong, screw you, because I've rewritten history. So here we go. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had just landed in Utherdern and kicked up quite a fuss. Never ones to keep a low profile, Belsiar had instantly managed to embroil himself in a drinking game with a captain of the local glass blades called Marvo Gammonhammer. Beyond all odds, Belsiar managed to literally drink Gammonhammer under the table, and as a result was awarded not only his impressive Warhammer, but also the begrudging respect of all the local assorted drunken glass blades. Not content with that degree of high profile, Tatty then doorstepped another glass blade called Tavistock, insisting that they should tag along on an expedition shortly, setting off for Palebank Village, which they discovered had recently burnt to the ground. Taking this as the perfect opportunity for a bit of retail therapy, the gang set off to cruise through all the local shops and bazaars, stocking up on weapons, provisions, and much to the dungeon master's delight, demanding to know the identity of a mountain of shite that they'd kept in the bottom of their pockets for the last year. Finally, descending upon a local healer, the eponymously named fire genocide Cinder, Tatty paid good coin to have his hands healed. <laughs> Naturally, this took a sinister turn, with Tatty only getting back the little finger on his left hand and also getting oversized toes for his troubles. Oh, I did. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you get for using a backwater doctor with no discernible medical qualifications. And with that, the group gathered back at the Cracked Cup Inn to meet Tavistock and set off on their journey to Pale Bank Village. And that is where we will pick up this week's episode. That sound about right? Yeah. I remember some of those things. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, sounds like real life, really. I remember at least 60% of it. I, uh, I took some damage for my sexual smorgasbord. 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 Oh, yeah. That's it. That's, that's it. Yes, of course. You you had a dalliance in the night, didn't you? You went to some sort of smutty club with the um, turtle. Yeah. And you took a significant amount of damage. Significant. Yeah. Emotional, <laughs> emotional damage, not physical damage. Yeah, but you got memories and they're worth the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Excellent. Right. What would you like to do? So presumably you're back in the inn, in the tap room... It's mid-morning, I think I want to say. It's obviously arctically fucking cold because you're halfway up a mountain. And let's, for the sake of narrative, say that you've picked your crap up from your rooms because I can't be bothered to spend half an hour with Hanash taking a shit in a long drop. I can't wait to get out to this nice wet snow. (laughs) (laughs) 20-minute montage of Hanash writing his name in the snow with piss. I'm guessing we've got our warm clothes on already and stuff. So we can get to the good stuff. Yes, you kind of wrapped up warm. All of you trundling around in your Arctic furs, including Maud, who's got a designer set of couture furs on. I I would like white yak fur. 
<laughs> is that a shopping list request or is that a baby yakfa? Baby yakfa, softest teasers. Yeah, Jesus Christ, the you've veal got, of the clothing world. You've we'll got feel the tears. <laughs> sure. So you're you're wearing fair 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 trade white yak fur with the odd stain down the side of it, just for you know character reasons. Um, right. So standing standing in the um, Standing in the tap room of the inn, you see the turtle, Simig, still propping up the end of the bar, huffing on a cigar, many drinks deep into his uh, into his day. As you look over it and you see the diminutive form of the glass blade dwarf, Tavistock, propping up a bar stool waiting for you, the white foam of the ale dripping off the side of his beard. Uh, cool. I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to the bartender and um, ask them to uh, refill my flask. Um, quite. It's quite pay for it. I just, you know, just want just want something to take away with me. Okay. As you jump up onto the bar stool, looking Llewellyn, the barman, in the eyes, you ask him for a refill. At which point, he um, offers to to, to refill your uh, hip flask, which isn't huge as you're a diminutive person, and he says no charge, as you've been good patrons. Yeah. Uh, you notice that he's very distracted constantly making side eyes at Maud in her furs cool I'm gonna make the most of that and just mosey on over to what's his name Jibberstock Tibberstock Taverstock Taverstock that's I got I got the last bit right I hope that those your character saying that yeah times. <laughs> hey Tibby Jibby he, he looks at you and uh, finishes downing his foamy mug of ale and says, It's about fucking time you made it here. You're fucking late. We need to set off. There's a long journey ahead. All right. Well, I got my shit and I got my booze. I'm, I'm ready to go. Grabbing your stuff, he opens the door, getting a blast of Arctic air to the face. You go out into the um, front of the uh, inn, back on the main parade, and now you see a handful, four or five glass blades, uh, all lined up in a, in a varying degree of motley out the front, uh, all with assorted equipment and travel um, stuff, all ready to set off on their journey to Pelbang Village. As you look over, you see they also have a pack mule, which is hunkered down with equipment. Looks like provisions, part of the tent. The mule looking slightly sad and forlorn. Hmm. I'm going to walk over and just just give it like a quick stroke on the head and just a quick pat on the side. Make sure that it's make sure that it's not too unhappy. Make me an animal handling trick. One, it mistakes your your, your stroke is an attempt at life. Uh, Twenty-one. Twenty-one. You don't... I mean, you have... Maud's given you basic lessons in communications with animal, and you are sensing a deep sadness in this animal. This animal has has lacked intimacy for a long time. And as you get up on its flank and start stroking it and tickling it under its ears, you feel a bit of a bond. As you look over behind you and see Barbara making eyes at you, uh, I, I just awkwardly stop, stop scratching behind the ears of the uh, of the mule and and jump off. <laughs> jump off? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm tiny. I, I assume that I have to. I had to jump up to get there. Tavistock looks you. <laughs> He's like, There's no time for foreplay. Come on, little one. Let's be going. 
as you make your way winding up. Actually, weirdly, not going out the front gates to the left, but going up to the right, winding back up past some of the shops. Ooh, yes. Before we leave, can I um, can I go and have a chat to the barman? As everybody is about to set off, Maud just turns about and flies back through the door. Tavistock, you hear behind you saying, In your own time! <laughs> as you make your way back into the bar, which is pretty much empty, except for Simig propping up the end of it and Llewellyn uh, slowly polishing various bottles of liquor with a rag. I'd like to uh, make eyes at Llewellyn. Right. Um, and then I, I'd like to, in my low, husky voice, I'd like to demand um, food for the journey. As he looks back at you, there's a, there's a, it's somewhere between lust and pity. As he looks at you and <laughs> says, "What manner of food would you be requiring?" Uh, I'd like to point at the donkey and tell him that I would like enough food for a week for the donkey, like carrots, vegetables. I want enough food for the donkey. He can't see the donkey, but you do your best charades to. Um, <laughs> you made donkey. You do your best impression of a donkey. Uh, as he's like, I mean, this is tavern food. We have various cured meats. We do have simple vegetables, if that is what you require. Obviously, I'm not going to cook them for you. If you would like me to put you together a sack of such things, I can do that. Uh, I'd like to sarcastically roll my eyes and just say a sack will be fine, please. Well, we got to the good stuff quickly, didn't we? As he looks at you, looks in the air, picks up a small uh, sort of like notebook from underneath the counter where he clearly keeps all his stocks, looks up and down and says, for two gold coins, I could probably... Put you together a sack of provisions. What would I get for a kiss on the cheek and never to darken this doorway again? And like flick dramatically, flick my um, my yak cape. Roots around a bit, roots around under the counter, pulls out a jar of assorted cashew nuts <laughs> and two carrots. Leans over the counter. You can smell alcohol on his breath even at this time of the morning. Ooh, sexy. Um, I'd like to snatch up the carrots and cashew nuts, um, grab whatever mug of alcohol is next to me on the bar, and sassy out. Are you trying to do this by speed, or are you just sassing this out? Are you doing it slowly? So you maintain eye contact and walk off. (laughs) He's still leaning forward, so he's 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 done the equivalent of like going up for a high five. You've left him hanging with his cheek as he's literally put his cheek forward. Um, as he looks at you, he doesn't he doesn't bother moving back off the bar. He just keeps his cheek whilst watching you go. As he looks over to Simig, he's like, "Always a bloody same with tieflings, cock teasers." But I got the food. I'd like to now go and feed the donkey. As you head back out, you see Tavistock looking more and more fucked off as he's like, this is a military precision operation. What the fuck are you doing? That was the car behind the donkey. Wait, wait. That was amazing. (laughs) You're going to feed the donkey? Well, we've got the food. I'd like to give some to Tatty. Ah, nice. So he can feed the donkey too. I'll um, I'll take one of the carrots and just just hold it up for the the donkey. With what? Your little finger on your left hand. I have half fingers. <laughs> I, I can still hold it. 
make me a yeah. make me a legume handling check. Um, uh, right. So taking up one of the carrots, Tatty goes back to the donkey, the mule, and stands in front of it and slowly feeds the carrot to the donkey as it makes strict eye contact with the gnome never once breaking which is quite hard being that the mule has eyes on the side of its head and tatty has eyes on the front but he he styles it out yeah oh dear god um i'm gonna give you inspiration tatty ah nice thank you maud could have had it but she didn't feed the donkey did i get it did i was there like a sparkle in the in the donkey's eye is the donkey secretly a god the the donkey is now plus two donkey it was just a donkey We've, uh, if you if you attune to the donkey, you may discover you need a long rest with the donkey in order to attune to it. Setting off further up the road, Ta- Tavistock still making shitty remarks under his breath about the tiefling. You wind your way through the streets. Now you see the city starting to wake up proper and small orphan children are skittering around through the snow, throwing snowballs at each other and making uh, snow deities in the snow. And um, <laughs> as you I'm, I'm picturing them as Jawas. Oh, Dee Dee! <laughs> I'm disappointed you make your way... that they didn't make snow penises. I mean, this. What, what kind of 18-rated podcast do you think this is? <laughs> um, weaving your way up, Tatty, you see standing in a doorway the fire genocide, who, uh, Cinder, who is just sitting there watching you as you go past, slowly nodding at you. I um, I hold up I hold up my hand as if to like give them the middle finger, but I just do it with my I just do it with, my <laughs> with your little finger, the yeah, one yeah, yeah. finger you've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Make me an intimidation check with yeah. disadvantage because with you're an, going with with advantage or disadvantage. Disadvantage. Ah, uh, <gasps> you need your inspiration though. I could use my inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> how badly this goes. Oh, that's not too bad. Uh, 14. 14. You see, she's like, mimics the finger. She looks at you, looks at it, and then she works out what it is. And she makes the international sign for wanker at you. Seems legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good with that. Um, as you wind your way further up, you're now sort of rising up into the uh, higher rings of the city the city basically winds up around the mountain as you come off through a side entrance you realize now there's more than one entrance way to the city this entrance taking you out through a portcullis gate out onto a well-worn path that takes you up onto one of the highest slopes of the alps as you make your way round to the west hand side of the city um, coming straight out onto a well-worn gravelly road that winds around the edge of the mountain. Looking to your left, you can see back down the slopes. There's a fairly sheer drop off one side. Not sheer, but I mean, you could you could quite happily go tobogganing off it if you really wanted. It's it's a good run down. Uh, and on your right, you see the road. Not the road. You see the mountain cresting up to your right-hand side with various peaks in the distance and the morning sun glinting over the top of the mountain as you make your way. This road is is wide enough. You see people coming and going through that part of the city and you, the, the road itself is about 10 or 15 feet wide. It's it's fairly well-worn. Is there, um, as we're leaving, I assume this is kind of, as you say, it's a well-worn path. I assume there's people kind of coming the other way as well, using this as an entrance to the city. You do indeed. You see a patrol of glass blades coming the, the opposite direction. Their furs are somewhat crusted with, with ice and snow as they've been out patrolling the higher slopes for trouble. 
There's a begrudging nod from um, Tavistock. You called him Jibberstock. From Tavistock and uh, the other glass blades, as they were obviously comrades, as they nodded each other. Uh, you hear them pass snippets of news as they keep marching along. You occasionally pass uh, the occasional traveling tradesman with his wares on his back. As you make your way along the path, the city behind you turning into a distant thing. As you as you as you move round the edge of the mountain, it, it starts obscuring the city behind you. Now, start you start appreciating the fact that you uh, procured some cold weather gear, as even within your furs, it's still bloody freezing. Um, as you look up on the peak above, you see a fairly impressive eagle soaring around above you looking for prey. Do we hear the music in the background fly like an eagle by Sphere? Yes. To your trained tiefling ears you can hear Jean-Michel Jarre playing in the background. Fucking brilliant. Are we, I presume we're walking, we're not You are indeed walking, yes. Even the donkey is walking. I mean, the donkey's loaded with all kinds of packs and provisions and some sort of small tent. Okay. There's nothing to like there's, there's no carts or carriages I can kind of jump on the back of. You can try and get a piggyback off the back of a dwarf if you want. Uh, Hanash could probably give you one. Uh, you could attempt to load down the donkey even more. Um, no, that's, that, that seems a bit cruel to Hanash or the donkey. Um, you see at this point, just to give you a bit of an order, Tavistock is out the front with one of his kind of... Um, Colleagues, the rest of them are in a kind of double file, not 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 like an official military rank and file, but reasonably disciplined, with the mule in the middle, neither at the front or the back, so that it doesn't get lost or uh, abandoned. How many how many glass blades are there? Uh, five glass blades and Tavistock. Oh, okay, and a donkey. It, it's the guy that Belsia ruined last night around. <laughs> Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> as you look around, um, that's that's a very interesting point, Hanash. As you look around, you don't you don't you don't see Marvel Cam and Hammer. You do notice that most of the t- most of the um, glass blades do seem to be slightly half cut, as uh, nobody would be stupid enough to take a posting this high up a mountain without uh, starting their day with some strong liquor. Um, Can I? Um... Um, I guess I'll I'll go up to Tavistock. I guess he's at the front. Did you say he is indeed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go up to Tavistock, and I'm just going to I'm just going to say. So, um, how how long will it take us to get to Palebank Village? Uh, he looks at you and says, "Well, if we make good progress, we should be there. Ooh, it's about a day and a half's march, probably." Cool, solid. And then I'm just going to awkwardly stay. Reasonably near the front of the the front of the column with uh, with Barbara, like somebody uh, like somebody hanging around on the edge of a conversation. They're not really, doing yeah, like just... like not saying bye, but just assuming that he's going in a different direction, and then just being like, "Oh shit, you're going this way as well." <laughs> you do you understand Dwarfen, Patty? I do actually. Oh shit. As you as you you hear Dwarfen, everyone else hears Dwarfen. As Tatty. <laughs> You hear Tavistock saying to the guy next to him, I'm not sure what his fucking problem is. I think he's eyeballing <laughs> me. Uh, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything, I'm just gonna act like I didn't didn't hear anything. Uh, he's still giving you the awkward side eye every so often, you see him just looking in his periphery to make sure you're still there. I'm gonna um, um, 
I'm going to lean down to, to Barbara and um, get her to go a little bit ahead of us to just scout a little bit ahead and shout up if she, if she sees anything. Barbara skitters off down the path. You see her go slightly off-piste and uh, vanish between um, a set of fir trees. Occasionally, you do see a smattering of fir trees. Um, as you make your way through the day, we'll say you travel on. Just for the sake of narrative, you travel on. Visibility is quite good. Weather's quite kind to you at this time of year in the Alps. As you make your way for a while, occasionally passing other um, people on the road, very occasionally, travellers, everyone seems to be fairly amicable. Nobody seems to be spoiling for a fight with a bunch of militia. As um, occasionally, lady comes and goes. Um, Once in a while, she brings you back a rodent in her teeth that she's managed to snatch out of the snow. I praise the shit out of her whenever she whenever she brings something back. Or just whenever she comes back, basically. I, I praise the shit out of her, give her a good, uh, give her a good chin scritch. Um, yeah, I'll, any food she brings back, I'll add, to the, I'll add to the supplies and share it out later. Nice. So, as you travel along, um, Tavistock falls back and falls in line with Hanash. Tavistock pretty much coming to Hanash's like upper thigh like looks up at you he's like what's your story big man I look around like who's that (laughs) are you a ghost away with you (laughs) Jesus Christ away with you invisible fiend (laughs) Tavistock's like oh I never get bored of that Jesus Christ Ah! I look down and realise he's there Genuinely not knowing it was him before. Very good, big man. Very good. So, Harfork, tell me about your lineage. What's your mother a goblin? In your business, jackass. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Maybe an intimidation check. <laughs> I mean, there's, at a certain point, it's just calling someone out for being a little bit racist. <laughs> Can't just go up to someone and be like, hey, what is your, what is your heritage? <laughs> Whoa. You look fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a fucking spike sticking out of his head, a tail. Yeah, well, and he's well, ask about that. I don't think the spike. I don't think that's what he means when he's when he's asking what the heritage is. <laughs> Old dwarfs are racist. Everyone knows that. What do you get? Sixteen. Ah, Tavistock looks up at you. He's like, "Okay, look, I might have stepped on a nerve there. Just you know, my auntie Patricia died in a goblin horde." So you want to wow. you should take revenge on me? <laughs> uh, she used to she she was like a mother to me, more than an aunt, Patricia. She baked the breast sconces I've ever seen. But seriously, what is your story? How'd you get the fucking spike in your head? Well, that's a fun one. So I've got a massive gun and I just gotta like get it out and start flailing it around like in like so it's like, oh my god, dicking out of the way of it. So I blasted this into a door, and then a fucking rod went into my head from the door. Big old metal thing. And then some fairy just went on it, and then it fused to me, and now I'm super metal head. He looks at you just nodding occasionally, just really bathing in, just really basking in the story. Is that you should consider uh, hiring a minstrel to turn that into a song? That's a doozy of a tale. Maybe you should have a crack, buddy. <laughs> he looks at your gun, which is pretty much the same length as him. He's like, I know. Hammers. Hammers are what dwarfs are best at. We don't fuck about with weaponry. So, um, 
look, this has been interesting from a narrative point of view. It's been lovely making small talk to pad this episode out. But I've got to move in. Yeah, he loves making, loves making small talk with you. He fucking hates me. Yeah, when he walks away, I say, yeah, that's right, walk away. He stops as he walks away, looks back at you, thinks for a moment, falls back in line. He's like, full disclosure, what's wrong with your gammy friend with the long toes? Um, how much time you got? <laughs> He's got some daddy issues. Hey, oh. uh, maybe you should ask him about his lineage. Maybe something, something to do with that. I mean, he's short. Clearly, his mother smoked a lot. That's how old he was. <laughs> that might be a little bit too close to the bone. <laughs> Things that probably won't make it into the final cut of the podcast. As Tati's mother always used to say, if you're going to try and drink and smoke your way out of a baby, don't quit halfway. Okay, really earning that explicit tag on Apple Podcasts, aren't we? All right, skittering back off up the front. He falls in rank with the other person. Uh, Morden Belsia, what are you doing? Um, I'm keeping my eyes peeled for any narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you in the ass. Wow. Um, that was perfect. That's all we're getting. Good. Right, that's all we're getting from Belsiar. Belsiar's just hanging around the tail of the donkey, just staring into its brown eye at the back. Right. Maud, what are you doing? I haven't got anything sassier than what he just said. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The two of you are just fucking, just like drudging along at the back as um, the last glass bade, um, who's called Mikanel, is literally, uh, he just says, Listen, could you keep up? I don't want to have to go looking for you when you freeze to death in an ice drift. No, um, I can just fire my way out of any ice-related issues, so I'll go at my own pace, if, if, if it pleases you. No, you won't go at your own pace, Bellend, because... The, you get snow drifts, you get fucking avalanches on these slopes, and quite frankly, I've got better things to do than dig you out of the snow. I just meekly kind of shrink up and go a little bit faster. Well, that's more like it. You take that fucking warhammer and you fucking get on with it. By the way, from a DM point of view, what the fuck are you doing with the warhammer? Because I don't think you you you're not even you can't use it properly, can you? Yeah, I was I was going to the same thing. Yeah, I mean you can use it. You can use it with disadvantage. It's not really. Wizards, heavy weapons. I think someone might be able to use it nearby. Not me. Okay. I imagine, like, I'm kind of pitching Belshaw, like, dragging this thing up, like, it's like... He's just dragging it through the snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a massive snowman at the end who's, like, this hammer. Can I not? I don't know. It feels... Belsiar never wins anything, so I feel very attached to it, even if I can't use it. Sure, absolutely. Keep it as a keychain. Okay, I'm going to keep it until I think what to do with it. Okay, you drag you drag that through the snow. Yeah. Uh, Mikanel looks back at Maud. He's like, come on, you blue beauty. Get on with it. I appreciate the compliment, and I fall in trouble. Well, didn't I draw the short straw? Just a speed narrative along. You move on a bit. There's a slight smattering of snow as the day goes on. You've made good pace. As occasionally, you see the odd um, Arctic fox 
peeking out from behind tree cover, and once in a while as you round the crest or side of a uh, mountain slope, you see packs of uh, wild arctic hares skitter off, almost imperceivable, if not for Tatty's good hunting eyes and the fact that Barbara's nose twerks every time she sees a mountain hare. Uh, You see them skitter off and almost become imperceivable in the distance. I want to call out to them that maybe they might become my friends, but then uh, it's too painful. Please tell me exactly. Please tell me exactly what you say to these to these uh, foxes and hares to try and get them to become your friend. If it doesn't start with "Oh there," well, that's foxes and hares. Yeah, Mikanel at the back falls in line with you, Belsia. He's like, I'm sensing a sadness in you. I once had some, for a brief time, I walked with some, some otters. Not not too different to those foxes and hares, but smaller and more of a, a, a water-dwelling mammal. And slightly more dead. And slightly more dead. Very much more dead. Back episode. <laughs> he looks at you and says, Well, thank you for that, Atembra. That was truly inspiring. You look like a man who's not seen intimacy in a long time. And if you find solace in wildlife, well, who am I to judge you? I'm not sure if I'm being mocked or not, so I'll just say thank you. That's very, that's very kind of you to say that. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. I don't understand who he knows who Attenborough is. Does he have a TV? <laughs> Somebody doesn't want any inspiration, do they? Um, as you make your way along, now as you crest round the side of a mountain pass you see in front of you the well-worn trope that is the mountain bridge in between a ravine down below you see a reasonably wide five you could probably stand two abreast on it five foot wide rope bridge whether the path turns off into a scree run bits of boulders and snow and ice and travels ahead for a good 30 or 40 feet in front of you with wooden planking intertwined with rope gently swaying in the breeze. Can we see the other side of it? Mm. You can see the other side. Um, you can also see a mountain goat, which is in the middle. Hmm. I don't like the sound of this goat, guys. Uh, can I go and talk to the goat, please? Do you think it's a drag me to hell kind of goat? Could be, yeah. Or a bit like the witch. Mm. The witch? Like, like that movie, The Witch. Oh, right. I thought there was some whole hitherto NPC that I dreamed up there. <laughs> The, no, just a pop culture reference. <sighs> Don't do pop culture. That's more Chanel. Um, as you head towards the edge of the bridge, the glass blades draw to a sort of pause, naturally catching their breath. You see one or two of them remove hip flasks and take little swigs, some of them dusting off a fine smattering of snow which is gathered on their shoulders and beards, one of them cracking a crust of ice which has caught in the braids of his fine ginger beard as they all just take this moment to pause and reflect as Maud shuffles to the edge of the bridge and, what did I say, 40 metres across so 20 metres away, sorry, feet 20 feet away, you see the um, you see the shape of a mountain goat with a little wispy beard Is that a pygmy goat or is it a big goat? What kind of goat is it? Make me a perception check You made the goat You're observing the goat Goats, 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 goats. Goats, goats, goats. 16. 16. Um, as 
you look at it, you realize it is a Carpathian goat, which is almost like a pygmy goat. Its antlers come out the top, look far disproportionate to its size, with a beautiful shaggy mane of a beard that hangs down almost the same length as its face behind it. It may well once have been white, but stained either with mud, shit, or nicotine, it has got various worn yellow patches on it now. This, guy, this guy's not a valet driver, is he? <laughs> <laughs> like the t- like the total. Oh, I see. Because you said nicotine valet driver. There's a goat. Uh, yeah, you you see the uh, Carpathian goat in the middle, mm-hmm. twenty feet away. Hi, Can I? I'd like to. Uh... I'd like to ask him what he's doing. Well, that's very presumptive, isn't it? Sorry, what were you saying? Did someone else say something there as well? Oh, no, no, I was going no. to. All right. Belsiar, looking up at the goat for a moment, just snatches his attention back to the giant warhammer that he's dragging in the snow behind him. As Maud, the, the goat's 20 feet away, so you're at the edge. What do you want to do? Do you want to stroll out onto the bridge? I'd like to lure it to me of a carrot. True, you do have one carrot left. All right. That's the cashew nuts. I didn't feed anything. You gave one carrot to Tatty to feed to the donkey. But there were cashew nuts as well. It's like cashew nuts. Everyone knows goats like nuts. What what are you using? Are you using the dry roasted bar nuts or are you using the carrot? I'd like to try with the carrot first. Make, well, there's never been a greater use of an animal handling check. Oh, sweet. Uh, Where's that? I like to make it snowball while this is happening. 21. Twen- Who knows if you're cheating? We'll never know. <laughs> 20, 21. As, as you lean out, holding onto one of the posts, there's wooden posts slammed into the ground. They're stakes. They're a good width. I mean, each stake is nearly the width of Tatty, hammered into the very crust of the mountainside, as, which is a weird word to use to describe a mountainside, but I've used it and I'm standing by it. You see the ropes going out on either side and the bridge slightly swinging as Maud drops to one knee and makes the universal noise of animal husbandry, making a clicky noise, trying to get the quote, the quote, the goat to come hither to you, almost using the carrot as like an uh, aircraft landing kind of like beacon baton, like making the kind of like. Interesting. Flying goat. Flying goat comes out of the clouds like. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's no good. You see the goat skitter along a bit and um, it starts coming towards you. You see it falter a little bit as it gets a hoof caught between two of the planks. Oh. You hear it? Yeah. Okay. Looking um, above it, you see various buzzards and. Um, this is where my ornithology is going to let me down. You see various birds of prey slowly circling above it, sensing a possible meal. Oh. Um, how far? How far, roughly? Oh, are the are the birds? Jesus Christ! Um, thirty feet up. Cool. I'll save that knowledge for in probably about five seconds. So, using Pythagoras theorem, mm-hmm. you should be able to work out the angle between. More. <laughs> Sorry. Indy maths boy. Uh, are they directly above the goat at an 80 degree angle? Or? Yeah, it's a 90 degree. Oh boy. 
Matt, you can see if Matt if Matt can tell me what the angle is. Um, so the goes twenty feet away. Yes, it is. Yes, well done. Thank you very much. Congratulations, Matt gets inspiration. Um, for anyone else who did a level mass. Um, yes, you see the birds flying around above. What are you doing? As um, Marvo, not Marvo, Gammon Humphrey's not there. Tav- Tavistock scuttles over. They start talking between themselves, and you see them pointing to Tatty's bow. Um, do I do I hear what they're saying? No. Oh, okay. Um, you get the feeling that they're thinking about doing away with the goat. Yeah, as I mean, in their way. Yeah, I mean, I figured as much. Uh, I'm not going to do that because. Um, who doesn't love goats? Um, I'm going to take out my bow and I'm going to take this opportunity for a bit of target practice and I'm going to fire at one of the birds. Okay. That was not the answer I thought you were going to say. Uh, looking up, you see one large um, bird of prey and two slightly smaller ones uh, circling in a kind of holding pattern. Which one are you aiming for? Uh, I guess I'll aim for the bigger one. Okay. So, moving target... 20 feet away, what's it's your... 30 feet away, I think you said. It's an angle. Oh, okay, fair enough. I, I just thought it might be more difficult if it's 30 feet. Just want to, want to make sure. Matt's doing some maths here. <laughs> it's hey, what angle are the... Uh... <laughs> uh, but call it 30 feet, I can't be fucked to work out. Yeah, that's all right. I just thought you said 30 feet before. I, I just didn't I thought uh, it's 30 feet up from oh, the okay. goat. Thirty-six point zero six feet away. Thank you. There you go. Thank God for you. The goat's twenty feet away. It's thirty feet above it. So there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt. Um. Does that change? Does that change? Everyone's like, "Fuck me." Every day's a school day, Hanash. No. Every day's a school day. Um. Uh, ah. Yeah. It's the dumbest shit I've ever done. Um, Put it this way: my bow has a range of eighty feet. Everything's fine. <laughs> we're sponsored by math this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're really going low sponsored, sponsored by the concept of maths. <laughs> the evil god algebra who has cursed you. Um, go on then, make me an attack against the bird. Can you? Bird. <laughs> the bird. <laughs> bird is the um, word. Bird, bird, bird. Yes, make me an attack against the bird. Okay. Do you still have this advantage because of his fingers issues? I, I assume I am. I'm gonna. F- yeah, go on, go on, go on. Unless you've got a really muscly little finger, you've like pumped your little fingers up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's super long, so you can really yeah. wrap it around. Uh, That's Steve Pam's right. Like a marsupial's finger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 14. Oof. Do you know what? I was trying to work out the relative difficulty in my mind because it was moving, but the fact that you're a hunter and you probably shot a million on one birds down. Uh, I will give you that. Can I get dead on? Make me, make me a damage attack. No, make me a damage roll. Sorry. Six. Six. So, reaching up, leaning back, you fire. The majestic bird, soaring through the air, king of its domain, cresting on a thermal. Thwap! As you take it through the side of the head with an arrow, as you hear a... As it just kind of like pinwheels down and... Did it still have momentum as it got hit? So it was just like... (laughs) As it splats onto the um, wooden... um, Splats onto the wooden slat next to the goat, who now starts like... The goat hasn't got a fucking clue what's going on and is just whinnying and like... (laughs) 
No, that's not the noise a goat makes. The goat goes, goes nah. no, that's still not a goat noise. The, the goat. That was a big goatee. Goat noise. That's an accurate goat noise. Cool. Um, I was expecting more fanfare for that. Um, right. uh, well, I actually managed to hit something with disadvantage, so I'm I'm happy. I'm happy, right? You, you're you're going for all the XP, aren't you? Uh, the goat's starting to like really kick up a fuss now. It's starting to get worried. It's got one hoof caught between two bits of wood, the slats on the bridge, as it now has a dead bird of prey slowly bleeding out next to it. Can I suggest does Belsia have like the floating hand thing? Can Belsia like use the hand to kind of get the hoof out of the, the thing? Maybe. Well, I was gonna. I was just going to grab the bird and keep it for myself, but that sounds... <laughs> Why not do both? <laughs> uh, the bird first, and if you get time after. Yeah, I think I've all... If, it, if it's stuck, and it's... it's Yeah, I'll, I'll use Mage Hand, because I think I'll, I'll try and help it. I don't want to see a goat get stuck. You're going to burn a Mage Hand as crackling energy appears around the dragonborn as a spiritual hand appears out of a vortex of crackle and energy and ozone as all of the dwarfs stand back a little bit as dwarfs and magic are not best friends as the hand moves aside you see it move across the bridge the big scooping hand coming towards the goat that just kind of leans back in a kind of like Kind of way. What, what are you doing? Are you swatting it off? Are you pulling it off? No, don't pull a goat off. You're pulling the goat off. <laughs> In front of a, the staggered dwarves, I I extract the. <laughs> no, um, I, I just pet it on the head lightly. Does it say like to try and calm it down? Does it say how big your hand is? <laughs> um, it doesn't actually. It's, it's not defined. How much control do you have over this hand? <laughs> when are you slapping this? This <laughs> like Lenny from Mice and Men. Isn't it just like the, the size of a regular hand? Uh, it, it doesn't say if it's if it's not in the rules. It can technically. No, no, no. That's all right. So I presume a really creepy gloved hand, just like Michael Jackson's hand, just floats out and just strokes the goat. The goat goes rigid, as you can see the fur standing up on its shoulders. He's like, yeah, yeah, as you stroke it along the top. What um, what are you doing with it? Um, how much does a goat weigh? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, this particular goat... It's a Carpathian goat. Yeah. This particular goat usually weighs... An adult one is 56.7 kilograms. too heavy, I think. Um, can I give it a like a slap on the oh, wait, on wait. the buttock? But an older nanny goat is thirty eight point five kilograms. Same. So I can carry up to ten pounds, but I'm um, guessing that's maybe. yeah. That's that's. I'll, I'll just give it like a slap on the bottom to try and move it along. Um, make me an animal handling check. <laughs> With disadvantage, as you disembodied, disembodied spiritual hand trying to. <laughs> it's not looking good. Okay, so rather a ten and a fifteen, so that's ten. Ten. So the the hand strokes the top of the goat's hair. Yeah, yeah. As the hand goes down back into the mane and just slides back into the rump of the goat, as the goat's eyes go wide, you see. <laughs> as you hear a behind the goat as it just runs off its foot still caught in the thing. 
as it falls to one side, Hoof is now caught oh, in this the side. Oh, this is horrible! Why did you pick up the hoof? <laughs> well, it would, it would probably... This is so sad. Um, At this point, Tavistock just comes forward. He's like, Is this a bad time to say that mountain goats are protected? I pretend to say, why do you think I shot the fucking bird? Yes, but your uh, party entertainer friend here (laughs) appears to be molesting the wildlife. I pretend to go into a trance and I say, there's an evil wizard around here somewhere in in the mountains and he's, he's, look, that's his mage hand. (laughs) Make me a deception. (laughs) Oh, brief. Ooh, eight. <laughs> can I can I help him with that deception? Actually, can I um, with my bow out? Can I uh, can I look out towards the other side of the bridge and and look as if I'm aiming at someone? I will give you one roll and one roll only. Uh, go when, on. When do you want? Would you want me to roll for it? Yes. Go on. Jesus Christ! I live at Arisobis and the creepiest person in our camp now. <laughs> There we go. Natural 20. Natural 20. As they're all looking around at the wizard, the dwarfs and magic aren't much. Aristobulus is at the back, like, um, attempting to play his uh, little flute to entrance the goat. As he's like, don't worry, I can wrangle goats, I got this. As he's playing like, playing like Tenacious D or something. He's like playing little goat wrangling tune. This as, is um, Goaty Goatee Weinstein. That's the name of the episode. As um, Belsiar belts out a little uh, sudden... It's like Amdram, as he's like, (gasps) an evil presence. As he kind of like does some shit acting to try and scan the mountain top crags for an evil necromancer or wizard or warlock. As um, Tavistock and Mikanel and the rest of them are not really buying this, as Tati pulls back his bow and makes a sudden... Like aim towards a crag as they're like, okay, we might have a problem. Ring up, boys! As all the like soldiers start forming up, ready for combat. Cool. Um, I'm gonna. Ooh, I'm gonna start heading forward on the bridge slowly. Um, yeah, towards the goat. You gonna spank it? I'm not gonna fucking spank it. I can tell you that. <laughs> What's Maud doing during all of this? Moore's looking very bemused. Um, she's wondering why the goat is getting sexually abused. Um, next to the corpse. Hey, don't victim blame. Blame him. Next to the corpse yeah, of his friend, still. its long-term friend, who who it grew up with. Was this the animals of Farthing Mountain? Um, as Tatty steps out onto the bridge. Now, bearing in mind you're the same height. As the arm, uh, the, the the support ropes on this, so this is a scary thing. So, the, imagine it sways anyway. Now it's bottom loaded with a goat, so it has a kind of pendulous swing to it. As you just hear a sort of yeah, yeah, from side to side. Um, <laughs> make me. Hmm, how do you want to do this? Badly. That's not a reference to you killing the goat. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is, that's very presumptuous. Um, are you asking me what kind of skill I would like to use? To yes, try? what kind of skill would you like to use to enter a swinging bridge which arm supports are in line with your head? And you have no fingers. 
It's true. He's got a finger and very long toes. He could grip on with his long toes. Yeah. Marsupial toes. And one of those gnomes. Um, Bit racist. Yeah. Um, I am just going to edge forward very slowly as I test my as I test the effect that my weight has on the um, the bridge. Okay. Uh, make me an acrobatics check. Oh, not good. Eight. Eight. Swinging from side to side, you're buffeted as you grab onto one of the kind of like, the, there are ropes coming down from the main arm mm. rope. As you grab onto one, swinging from side to side with it, looking down, you see a dizzying drop several hundred feet into a craggy ravine down below. Cool. Um, okay. Um, I'm gonna. You're about four foot onto the bridge at this point. Yeah, I was gonna say, I've not made it far. I know that much. Um, I'm gonna. You say that I'm the height of the the rope support that runs across yeah, yeah, yeah. the runs across on either side of the bridge. So how is there like a vertical Which, rope In reality, is ironic, being that this is a city of dwarfs. But half the people who live here are elves, so yeah. I'm going to stand by my strong narrative decision. Yeah, I'm not about to argue logic with you. Um, is there like vertical supports, like rope supports as well? Yeah, that's what you're hanging on to. Yeah, thought so. Um, are they fairly close together? Yeah, imagine they're in a sawtooth pattern. Or like oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to um, uh, try and use those to support me as I move forward a little bit further. Jesus Christ. Maybe an athletics check in that case. It's going to be even worse. Christ, that was a story. 18. 18. As you see, as you look back, you see your friends all standing on the bank on the edge, just giving you the thumbs up. And all the dwarfs have now stopped, got out provisions, and are all having a good snack, watching you as you go. You're currently like prime entertainment. As you go hand by hand, foot by foot, making your way out until you're level with the goat. Okay. Um, is the is the bridge still swaying pretty badly? Mm. Uh, okay. We're just going to step over the goat. <laughs> <laughs> you look down at the goat, you see the single hoof caught between... The no way. The way that I've imagined it is that it's like one of its back legs is the is the one that's stuck. Have I front just leg. assumed that? Yeah, you have. It's front leg. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, so I was looking up at you rather than down. Why is he helping this goat? As you said, yeah. and it, just, it looks up at you with big eyes and just goes, meh. I was... Yeah, I thought it was the back leg, so I was going to try and do it from there. Okay. Um, I'm going to... Um, very slowly lean down and try and find the find the goat's hoof underneath the bridge. The hoof is caught proud between two. It's now spun round, so it's kind of like there's a hoof sticking up with two bits of wood and the rest of the leg hanging down. The hoof is sticking up? Yes. How's it, how's it manage that? It's physics. Things have happened. Is it broken its leg? Don't make me break the bridge and kill you all. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, take the hoof that's stuck and try and lift it out. This would be a great time to just try and kill Tatty. <laughs> what do you think? At, at this point, yeah, I was gonna say. At this point, I was I was waiting. For him at to this point, we're going to leave Tatty as you're all watching him, really entertained. Aristobulus is like, I've really liked working with him. I hope he doesn't die. Oh, now she's making like the 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 most shapely snowball that he can that he can just lob at me. <laughs> oh, an ice ball! I've gone past it so much. Yeah. Um, Tavistock waddles up to Belsia and is like, "Where's this evil wizard?" He's kind of a an invisible wizard. We've been tracking him for several weeks. He's invisible. <laughs> yeah, he's um. Um, 
uh, Iwata, the in- invisible wizard. Okay. Your story is paper thin. As he walks over to Maud, he's like, oh, you make another story. You've been very quiet. I, I formed a psychic link with the guy, and I can tell that he's got a great backstory. I mean, you have to be closer to the goat to communicate with it. No, there's no, uh, there's, there's no distance. Um, you can't communicate with every animal on the planet just because the fucking... <laughs> I can squint at it, and it understands, and it lets me in. So Would you like to make some sort of check to see whether you can gauge the general... Why not? Would you want Why an animal not? handling check? Um, maybe an insight check. Plus four. Why not? Ninety. Or maybe five. It's five. <laughs> Good. <clears throat> As... Um, you lean in. You're trying to get a. You're trying to get a read. A bit like uh, trying to tune into a radio set. As you like, go through all the animal frequencies. You see Maud's eyebrows going up and down. Her ears tweaking. As you finally tune into it, and you can just hear a little voice going, "Shit! Shit! Shit! Shit!" <laughs> as it swings around. And that's where we're going to pause momentarily for a refresh of drink. Mm. Just quickly, did you intend for this goat to take up probably an hour of uh, playtime, or was it just background detail that you hoped we wouldn't fixate on? It was a background detail that you fucked about with. <laughs> had a feeling. I had a whole adventure planned for you, but let's not worry about that. If you want to abuse animals, and I'm listening. I think this might be one of my top three Belsar moments. Yeah. <laughs> the time Belsar fucked with a goat and then went, it's an evil wizard. This has been. looking for the wizard. <laughs> I mean, this is this is exactly how we all saw this panning out. Getting stuck on it. Getting stuck on it. It's definitely a go. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. You know, it's definitely could be anything. You know, it, it, you you go and help the goat, and we'll see what happens. I'm right. trying. I'm trying. Drink. <laughs> All I can think of is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom at the end. That's that's where I'm at with this. Just there's fewer alligators underneath the bridge. I'm trying to imagine like the goat size to Tati as well, because I feel like if the goat's like it's not the same kilograms, size, but if the goat's like sixty kilograms, and like the tie must be probably like forty, I guess. It's like half the size. Uh, a tight thirty-five. I think. <laughs> just, Tati works out. There's going to be Tatty just holding onto a horn by one little finger. Just <laughs> Hold on, little guy. Hold on. Right, drinks. And then we will continue. And then we save a go. Well, we'll try. <laughs> I mean, it's almost definitely going to die. I do my best. <laughs> right. So, picking back up now that I've refueled myself with more alcohol. You're currently nearly... Anywhere from the city of Uthodern, as you met the first bridge and managed to embroil yourself in one of the most phenomenal pieces of piss wizardry I've ever seen in my life. With some of the some of the dwarves have gone home for lunch. And <laughs> <laughs> um, you get the feeling the dwarves could help you if they wanted to, but they just want to see how this pans out. Things legit. As Tati is currently hovering over the Carpathian goat as it swings in simple harmonic motion underneath the bridge. What are you doing, Tatty? Um, I'm going to attempt to reach down and, and 
um, get my hands under the bridge to the hoof that's like gone through one of the planks, and I'm going to try and lift it, lift it out, so that the goat can. I assume it will just rush off in a hurry because I'm this close now. Yeah. Um, make me an athletics check. <sighs> How much do you weigh, Tatty? How much do I weigh? Um. I mean, how tall is how tall is Tatty? He's about three or four feet tall, something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Probably would be about thirty kilos, to be fair. Thirty, thirty-five. Like you were disadvantaged then. Oh, you prick! Well, I mean, can you can you bench press your own body weight? Yeah, me. Um, yeah, probably. Do that difficult. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that as um, about, we'll do... about sixty-five kilos, something like that. It's not that bad. All right. The purposes of this narrative. Either way, I got an 11. Either way, I got an 11 at at disadvantage. Maybe a survival check? Okay. Uh, 14. Grabbing the goat, you start lifting, your feet sliding on the icy surface. You slam into the ground, your body winded as you hit the deck, holding on now with both arms, one arm on each hoof on either side, the goat swinging in your arms as you're grabbing one of the supports in between your chin and the side of your shoulder as the goat swings hundreds of feet above a ravine you're now holding on to both of its front hooves Okay, so they're the ones that are are stuck, aren't they? It's now no longer stuck Oh, okay so you are the only thing keeping this goat from falling. Oh, okay. So I'm going to attempt to place the the front hooves on the next available wooden slat so that it can run. But the back half's hanging off. It's Wait, hanging. how is the back half hanging off? So, so we the back half was it's always so hanging off. Now the goat was hanging off the fucking bridge. Wait, how is the back half hanging off? The back like... half was always hanging off. What? This is new information. This is is super new information. No, no, no. You have described it. You've just leaned out of a bridge, unclipped a hoof, and just gone like with it, with the momentum. You're now holding on to the bridge by your like shoulders, whilst you're holding on to a goat which is dangling hundreds of feet with all of its weight. I'm going to pile onto Scooby-Doo Adventure. I'm going to get hold of the tie straight. Yeah, the this was horribly described. I'm going to get forwards. Hanash, make me an acrobatics check as you get onto the bridge. Sure. As Tavistock takes Maud to one side and is like, well, this is an adventure, isn't it? I'd like to... Um, I'd like to ask him why he isn't helping the goat. I thought it would be funny. We see this all the time. The fucking goat's on the bridge all the time. How big is he? This guy looking Three and a half feet. How big am I? Jesus Christ. Uh, five foot something. I'd like to grab him and hold him over the cliff. <laughs> you stakes. Wow. And then laugh. Um, if you if you um, look carefully, you can see AJ's spirit dying in his in his eyes can you guys not just start an international fucking incident in every dwarf in city he, he doesn't care 
care about the goat. We're trying to help the goat. And he she's only she's only putting the dwarf in the same in the same situation of peril as the goat is in. I know that. Teaching empathy. Maud, make me an opposed athletics check against the dwarf. I don't know how to make an opposed athletic. Anything. You just roll it, and he rolls it, and we see. Oh, okay. Can you roll it first? And no, I, you roll it at the same time. Guy, won't you? Yeah, of course not. What does B mean? <laughs> what does B mean? B. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the it's the um, natural twenty. Oh yes. Yeah, did you roll it on D and D Beyond? Huh? Did you roll it on D and D Beyond? Yeah. It's a natural twenty. Wrestling around. Halfway through talking to him in a civilized conversation, you grab the end of his beard, yank him off to one side, and go and bring him to the edge as you both skitter towards the edge of the cliff face. You watch as bits of snow fall off the end and just vanish into the ravine below as you grapple with each other, as you end up holding him off the edge by his beard, his feet still just about on the edge as he leans back. As he's like... Can I... As he's squirming... Just go. As you do this, you turn around and the five other glass blades are now standing beside behind you as they all basically mount up. Belsiar, you watch them all suddenly take great interest in Maud as they all stand behind her, blades drawn. Oh no, the evil wizard. (laughs) He also has mind control. Mind powers. We're going to leave those two dicking about. As Hanash, you step out onto the bridge, make me an acrobatics. Uh, I got a... Oh, acrobatics. Okay. 13. Gingerly stepping out, holding on with iron grip to either handrail, you very, very slowly step out until you're standing over the prone body of your little gnome friend. So, so, he's... He's like on the, is he on his like knees with like the thing in his hand? On his or? chest. No, it's chest. Prime. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of step over him. Yep. And then I'm gonna get on my chest as well, with my head to his head. And, well, not that close, but like that orientation. Keep inside then, him. And then <laughs> I'm gonna get the back legs uh, from the goat and I'm gonna then pull them onto it so then the goat's like towards Tatty and back towards me. Makes legitimate sense. Tatty, you're terrified out of your wits. Looking down into the ravine, the sharp rocks seeming to swing backwards and forwards, the terrified look at the goat in front of you as it just says... Now suddenly you feel a warmth behind you as you feel something hard press into your buttocks as two, two green arms come round the outside of you. Um, Stop watching Daredevil! Hanash, make me an athletics check. Okay. 22. 22! Hoiking the goat up by its back legs, which then lifts Tatty back up. You stick the goat under one muscly green arm and gingerly walk back across the bridge. We did it! Session over. Leaving Tatty to go support to support to support to support. Yeah, I was going to say, did, did you actually want to walk back or was AJ just throwing that shit in? I mean, for... I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, the objective is to get the goat back safe and sound. <laughs> and Ash just tosses the goat off the side. Yeah. Enough of this piss and go. I had enough of this narrative. No more distraction. Bringing, bringing the goat back, you put him down, he looks up and just says, Nyeh! 
and just skips off merrily into the fir trees. I, I'd like to yeah. use this um, to like try and get things up more. Like rejoice, everyone! Rejoice! <laughs> the governor's here. <laughs> He's your new uh, dog. <laughs> make me a persuasion check in that. Ten. Ten. Yeah. There is a certain easing. You see, people have now got an eye on two situations. They've watched you rescue every the day. They're also looking at the tiefling holding their appointed leader over the edge of a ginormous ravine by his stained ginger beard. I'm just, I'm just going to carry on to the other side of the bridge at this point. <laughs> everyone <laughs> looks over and just sees the gnome just fucking giving away over there. Tatty, as you make it to the other side, you see a pack of three hungry wolves. Wait, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, I'll come to the other side. <laughs> um, lady is currently sitting at the far edge of the bridge with everyone else. Barbara is at the far edge of the bridge watching you. Sorry, I shouldn't dead name Barbara. At uh, the edge of the bridge, just looking out across the 40 feet at you. A pour over each eye, like trying to gauge the distance. I uh, I want to go to Maud and like, okay, guys, like, we we can work this out, Maud. Put the nice man back, please. No. Did you almost say down, and then you were like, don't say down? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> Phrasing. Meh. I don't speak goat. Can can we all ask the goat what we should do with the man? The goat's fucked off. Oh. I pick up my snowball just in case things kick off. Why do you? as you came running to me I forgot to mention that but yes yes I did the, the half orc leans down and packs a tight ball of crisp snow with just enough shards of rock and shingle in it to really sting on impact oh, I do the I do like the gunslinger thing where I like, just like roll my fingers on it just like ready to like and then you crush it by accident <laughs> Maud what are you doing um decided that he's not worth the fight and I slowly I shake him a bit over the <laughs> over the edge just so that he wheezes himself a bit and then I and then I bring him back put him down and inform him that it's not nice to be horrible to him it's good that we explained that's why you did that <laughs> <laughs> it's good that there's a I can, I can point to a a tangible reason why I would make a dwarf yeah. himself over a cliff. Well, now that the goat is safe, he gets to live. Make me an intimidation check. Why not just intimidate him now? No. 23. 18 plus 5. Did you even roll the thing? Yes. Yeah, I heard it. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> as you put him down, you can't work out whether... He's trying to style this out. Uh, he's trying to keep his cool, but you can see the slightly frozen crystalline patch of urine down one leg of his trousers, which, as you put him down, he ruffles his beard back into place, looks at you and says, well, we got off to a good start, didn't we? <laughs> he stands there waiting for you to acknowledge him. Nah. Great. I'd like he to splatter the flight. My, um, is that a cape? Is it a cape? Whoever got a coat, a cape, or... I, I hope. I hope. I think cape would be very good in the... Yeah, <laughs> I think the cape would be fucked. Uh, <laughs> you're wearing you're wearing a tight um, set of furs. Oh, okay. I'd like to pull the hood up and then just sacks off over the bridge with my tail just, like, clinging on to the side. 
fastening off over the bridge, it's swinging away, stepping over the dead body of the bird, which is still in the middle of the bridge. Tavistock walks over to you, Tatty, and Hanash and says, I appreciate you taking the time to rescue that goat. Wait, so did wait, did he come over the other side of the bridge then? Oh no, you're not over there. Sorry, you're over the far yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retconning that. Maud slowly stomps her way over to Tatty, who's currently snaking around at the other side, just looking around. Barbara goes with Maud across as Tavistock wanders over to Hanash and Belsiar looks over at Aristobulus, who's sitting on the back of the mule playing the flute. And Tavistock says, I appreciate uh, your assistance there, green man. Just do my job, buddy. Well, I'm not sure I'll ever be buddies, but... As much appreciated, goats are a protected species around here. We don't want to see them getting turned into pink mist. We must stay vigilant, for the evil wizard tracks our every move. He turns around to his men as he's like, Glass blades, stay vigilant for this evil wizard. Nobody wants an ice knife in the back. <laughs> when he says ice knife, everyone in the party is like... As you all make your way along the bridge, which should only have taken mere minutes to cross, but somehow has encompassed nearly the full span of this entire episode. Wait, wait, wait a sec, wait a sec. I, Belsia never turns up a free meal, so I'd like to grab the uh, the bird, if I can. Making your way across, everyone goes in front, except for uh, Mukanel and Belsia, who are behind the donkey, which surprisingly takes the bridge quite well, as it's used to it. It's been used as a pack mule for quite some years and isn't as terrified of the bridge as you may suspect it is. Um, as you stoop down to pick up the bird, Mikanel's like, Oh, I, I love a pigeon pie. <laughs> <laughs> me too, Mikanel, me too. Mikanel creeps me out. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally like, What are you going to do with that big man? I love a pigeon pie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, pluck it, uh, roast it, you and me can share it. All right. Oh, fucking bonus. I give him uh, a little fist bump. It's the last time I have to share my food with fucking anyone. You uh, you both go to fist bump each other as the wind sways as you both just like grab <laughs> up in the middle of your fist bump. Taking the pigeon away, you, you hear the donkey in front of you going, yeah. Um, as you see Aristobulus just wandering in front of you uh, making it to the other side you all take stock of the fact that it's taken you nearly an hour and a half to you make it all the way across the bridge we now. saved a goat's life and True. we defeated an evil wizard you can never defeat an evil wizard the evil wizard you see every so often the glass plates are looking ever vigilant kind of scanning the crevices of beach of looking Everyone, everyone's the doing fucking swap poses like <laughs> They're fucking looking everywhere. They've got a bead on it. As you see a small avalanche on a slope on the other side, on a separate like peak, you see a small kind of natural snow drift happen. As you hear a little voice, a wizard! <laughs> As everyone kind of like... <laughs> takes... Uh, takes aim. Right, as you carry on moving around the slopes, you're now coming out from the main set of the Alps. You see as you start to descend that side of the slopes... As you're coming down into the what are called the Crystal Sands Tundra, which is the kind of Arctic tundra ahead of you between the bottom of the Alps and Pale Bank Village. And you see off to your right hand side, in and amongst the peaks, a glow catches your eyes on what you mistake to be the setting sun at first, or at least the sun going down. You realize it's the top of a volcano in the middle of the Alps. There is a smoldering peak of a volcano 
miles away in front of you, like off to one side, almost Mount Doom-esque if we were going to uh, lean on lazy fantasy tropes. You see the smouldering peak of a volcano, which is quite um, quite noticeable against the, 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 the white of the, the Alps, the black volcano, and the gushing out fumes of ash to one side. As <coughs> Tavistock pauses on the descent down into the uh, tundra and is like, that there is Kravrad. Maybe one day you'll take the time to go and see it, but right now we don't have time for touristy stops. We still have a good day's march ahead of us. I turn to Aristobulus and I say, is there any kind of volcano ritual you can do to bring us good luck in one of your many religions? I don't know. What the fuck do you think I look like? Some sort of religious encyclopedia? Yeah, fuck I mean... Fuck Dragonborn. <laughs> wow. Wow. Sass. Wow! Someone woke up, woke up on the wrong side of the snowbank this morning. Jesus! Cross my arms angrily, and I'm like not talking to Aristobulus again. He looks around for a bit, and then he sort of leans in. He's like, "No, yeah, I'm sorry. It's that whole Theolian business." Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. He's, he's left a pointy-eared hole in my heart. I mean, he's pretty much dead. You just keep that the, the, the flame alive in your heart that one day he might show up as a as a guest or some kind of special appearance. Have you ever considered being a counsellor? Yes. You've got some kind words, Dragonborn. Thanks, mate. Well, funny you should say that. I uh, during my my time on the mean streets of Port uh, Damali, I provided many a, a, a wise counsel in in times of need. Well, at least I, I hope so. He takes out a hip flask takes a swig and hands it to you. I'll take a very, very small sip. As you take a very small sip, you suddenly feel this fluid waft around your palate, reaching into the very crevices between your teeth and your gums, burning into you, as this stuff is pretty much like pure ethanol. <laughs> a little bit of flame comes out of my nostrils. Two sideways. <laughs> Come out of your nostrils. I'd like to interrupt this lovely moment and go like, Elvancia, think fast. Then throws a snowball at his face. Nice. I, I fail to react. Just take it. <laughs> Hanash, make me a performance check, and Belsia, you can make me a uh, <laughs> acrobatics check. Okay. Have a perception check. Make me a perception check. Okay, this this isn't a high. I can take a three. I've got a plus three to perception, so this is. <laughs> <laughs> Natural one. <laughs> Natural one. <laughs> as you, as you, just like the weakest word, like. Ah. Um, as as Aristobulus leans in, he just says, "I'm not sure I'll ever love again." As you look around, you see a green flash as Hanash releases the snowball, coming directly at you. You think it's coming directly for you. You jump out of the way you're like ah! as you slam into a glass blade next to you who just flies off the edge of the ravine because you just hear a <laughs> Every, everyone turns around <laughs> as, as Tyler comes running back he's like where's JPeth where's JPeth JPeth I, I dive to the ground I'm just like we're under attack <laughs> I take out my bow and arrow, literally, <laughs> legitimately assuming that something's going on. <laughs> make, make me a deception check. I don't know if I can believe this. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 
Love it. <laughs> as he grabs you by he grabs you by the waistline as he's half your height. He grabs you by your belt and yanks you down. <laughs> he's like Listen, now's the time to fess up. What's all this shite about fucking evil wizard? I'm sorry, I made it all up. I didn't even throw the snowball. Blame her. What snowball? What happened to JPEF? I just, I walk over and I stand, I stand and squeeze the snowball like real cool and sly and then just keep on walking past. He looks at you dead in the face. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that man had a wife and children. Well, he... I'm really sorry. Uh, can I can I cast a really quick uh, charm person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hang on. Um, so as the man grabs you by, it must make a wisdom saving throw and does so with advantage. If you are compared to the fighter, which you're not, it feels as though there is jumping into yeah. So it's got to make a wisdom saving throw. What's uh, what's he trying to get a saving throw against? Uh, 12. 12. Go on, then. Oh, Jesus. That was fucking close. He looks at you with a view of scepticism on his face. There's a look of anger and remorse on his face as he's kind of, like, right up in your grill. It's <laughs> 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 a happy face as he's like, Oh, yeah. Japer, we've got some memories. Just just keep keep his memory alive. He he died doing what he loved. He looks over and says, Look, birds! As you see, like, carrion just slowly, like, circling down into the bottom of the ravine. Birds, yes. I just, I, I, I dab my forehead with a, a handkerchief. You look down and he's reaching out a piece of, um, he's got a bit of jerky, like a kind of dried beef jerky, as he kind of rips off a strip. Here you go, you must be famished. Thank you very much. Um, I, I think we can put all this, this wizard business behind us now. What, you're retiring from being a wizard? No, no, I'm, I'm a sorcerer. It's a bit, it, there's a big difference. I don't know, we don't do... We literally do hammers and blacksmithing. It's a racial thing. I just take his, his jerky and I'm just like, well, thanks, thanks all the same. I'm, I'm glad we can uh, get off on the right foot. Oh, that's all right. We have a few words for JPEF. Yeah, uh, he was a good dwarf, wasn't he? Aye. And we're, was we're all... Man's wedding. That's... 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 Be, be, uh, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll leave you alone to your, to your memories of, of the great man that, that's... He's not there. a man, he's a dwarf. You're the fine. great dwarf that he was. Aye. Processing grief is not a gift that dwarfs have, so... Aye. I, I ruffle his head. Just to make him feel better. He kind of looks offended at first, and then you kind of hit a soft on the top of her brow, and you just see his eyes twirl. Hey, that's a spot. All right. Oh, zippity doo da. Let's crack on. As he just completely ignores JPEF and just <laughs> sets off. Um, everyone else is just standing around. The other four glass blades are all looking in absolute shock. <laughs> no idea that you've charmed him. Uh, they're all rating. They're all rating. Kind of show as um, you leave the body of JPEF. JPEF, as you weigh down the mountainside, 
leaving behind the slopes of the mountain as you may you make down onto the tundra it's ahead of you you can see pretty much as you've already seen on the other side of the mountains the straight flats uh, with the occasional pocket of fir trees glistening bodies of lake water and, and stationary stagnant water tatty you see the occasional wild animal that crosses your path as you traveling as a crow flies across the tundra we're just going to quickly take a moment to pan back to jpeth who's at the bottom of a soap a piece on the side of his leg as he's like help 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 as he looks his wolf steps out from between two bushes as he's like can you add him to the list of uh, our Sinister Six? He's gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just... You don't hear him at all, but J-Peth just looks up at the wolf. He's like, I'm going to be late for dinner, aren't I? As you see the wolf pounce at him. As we back to the um, group of people. Never knowing the fate of J-Peth. Not JPEG. That'd be different. Uh, right, as you make your way across the crystal tundra, the powdery snow crunching under your feet... The pack mule in front of you, swaying from side to side. The four dwarfs, well, five dwarfs, um, now one six, eagerly talking amongst themselves about JPEG. Anything you particularly want to do on your travels? Uh, what time of day is it, roughly? Early evening now. Okay. Um, Seven-ish. Okay, I'm good. I'll probably send. I'll probably send Barbara ahead again to do a little bit of scouting. Um, if she wants to do any any hunting near us in that time, she's hungry. Barbara runs off. You see her running through the growth. Occasionally you can see flocks of startled birds flying up from between the tops of the lofty snow-capped pine trees as you see her, you imagine she's in there chasing wildlife. Occasionally she comes back with a rabbit floppy in her mouth, dumps it at your feet, um... Mickanel's like single-handedly keeping us all alive. Who, Barbara? Yeah, basically, yeah. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on all these rations that we get from her. Mm. You see, Mickanel's chewing on uh, his half of the eagle that Belsiar gave him, uh, just spitting out yeah. feathers occasionally. Is he just eating it raw? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I just, I just thought I don't really need to stop and cook it because I can just be my own rotisserie as, I, as I'm walking along. You can smell the dripping fat and crackling meat as you turn around and just see the dragonborn rotisserie and eagle between it. <laughs> on the edge of your on the edge of your patisserie? No, on the edge of your periphery. There are no patisseries yet. On the edge of your periphery, you see animals slowly starting to come out of the edges as they smell the cooking fats and crackling skin of the eagle. As you look behind you. You just see a smattering of feathers as the dragonborn has plucked it along the way. What's Maud doing? She is... Well, I think Maud is going to try again with uh, Barbara. So Barbara's off to one side. Do you want to go and find Barbara? She's just in the tree line to the left-hand side. Hmm? I'd like to go and thank Barbara for um, for providing all the food single-handedly. Uh, as you go into the tree line... Um, it's not dark, but it's gloomier as the trees and the boughs of the trees are slightly close together. You hear the skittering, the occasional fall of powdered snow as it comes down through the through the um, needles of the pines above you. Uh, you hear a skittering off to one side as Barbara comes back 
through the brush, holding a glove in one hand. In one hand? Holding a glove in her mouth. A glove? A glove. Cool. What kind of glove? What what size is it? Human. Oh. Okay. Nice. As opposed to a pig glove. So, I'd like to, to go and ask Barbara where she got the glove from and ask her to show me, take me there. As you scooch down and snuff over Barbara, she drops the glove at your feet. You see it's a fairly generic, slightly burnt leather glove. As you talk to Barbara, you tickle her on her snout as she's like, all right, all right. She's not Scottish. Ray, Ray Winston, Ray Winston. Ray Winston, here we go. Hang on, Rada, here we go. Barbara, she's like, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, my oh, you asked me a question. <laughs> There's some fine eating over there. A couple of humans. Oh. Crispy. You're going to ask her to take me to her. To she takes you. Um, she, she's also like, good to talk, you know. Don't do enough talking these days. Not really talking to me in a while. Also, what's up with your dick nose? I'd <laughs> <laughs> like to donkey punch Barbara in the face. <laughs> Um, Rude to insult somebody else. I love the way you were against animal cruelty one moment and now you're actively engaging with it. This is my narrative. I'm going to go and murder some more dwarves. Um, If you want to donkey punch her, make me an unarmed attack. Unarmed attack. Are there other things involved in a donkey punch? (laughs) Yeah, donkey punch is a little bit specific. (laughs) Especially if you've got a dick for a nose. <laughs> Do you mean an unarmed strike? Yes. Oh, no. God. Oh, 15. What's her armor class? 14. 14. Oh, no. She looks up at you with doughy eyes, having just dropped a gift at your feet, as there's a poof, <coughs> as she just hits the snow. You hear a <coughs> She looks up at you. She's like, What the actual fuck was that? I'd like to snarl and say, Say dick nose one more time. She looks, she cocks her head to one size. She's like, listen, cock nostrils, I'm doing you a favour here. Yeah, I was going to say, in this moment, if you'd pass control over to me for Barbara, she was definitely going to either say dick nose again, or she was going to just insult you more. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably have given you control. I was, she, she basically says, look, first one's free. Do you want me to take you to these fucking crispy people or not? I'd like to hiss, but then just follow her. She looks at you for a while. You have eroded any form of relationship you have. Oh, with fuck this. off. We didn't have a relationship before. <laughs> hey, she reached out an olive branch. She was oh trying to be nice. God. She gave me half a KFC hand. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's literally like, listen, I don't like intimacy at the best of time. Just pet me with your eyes. <laughs> Clearly the whole hands thing ain't working. Um, as she skits off through the undergrowth you are very aware that you are moving away from the party of people and the safety of it as you break through tree cover and come out on a set of three bodies humanoid burnt to a crisp with arrows sticking out of them oh Uh, are they easily identifiable (laughs) yeah John Simon (laughs) and Peter Yes. Right. Well you reach done. in. One of them has a. One of them still has their junior bus pass. Um, no, 
They're not. Really, I mean, I don't know what what you wanting to do. Like, so CSI. do they still have faces? You said that they're burnt. They're burnt to a fucking crisp. Oh, okay. No faces then. Um, no, like a rotisserie chicken. Is there is there anything useful around them? Are there any weapons? Are there any? Have they have they got shoes? That really took a nosedive off the end of that sentence. <laughs> Make me an investigation check. Do we know what to check today? Seventeen. Sixteen plus one. Seventeen. You reach into the first one, prod it with your toe, a bit like an overcooked What? Like wearing this this crispy human as a glove. What's going on? You, you want to fist a dead human? But you said reach in. Why reach in? Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, this narrative took a dark turn. Leaning in, you tap it as the outer layer of armour just crumbles like flaky pastry off it, just burnt, the leather armour burnt to a crisp. As you look in, reach open, crack the jaw open, look at the canines on it, establish roughly that it was a human looking at what's left of it you can just about make out from the morphology of the skull that it was a human and nothing else the skull not being big enough not having massive incisors on it probably not an orc and not small and dainty enough to be an elf these were three humans um what did you get an 18 did you say uh, 16 plus 1 16 uh, <laughs> gloves one of them's missing a hand that ladies run off with you see a Barbara even that's not dead name her she's munching on a little bit of hand meat as um, you look in I mean there's a particularly charred sword on one of the burnt out bow that barely has any um, of the gut on it um, I'd like to say anything that is worth salvaging um, seeing something glint you see a ring on one of the fingers as you reach down go to pull it off as the finger just breaks away holding onto the finger with the ring still attached can I prise the ring off and then throw the frankfurter frankfurter to uh, to Barbara and then go sorry about punching you prick Barbara jumps up grabs the phalange frankfurter in her hand crunches down on it comes over to you and is like Listen, I've got mixed feelings about you. I don't think about you at all. That's great. Jesus Christ. Fuck me. No, thank you. All right, glad we had this little conversation. Good to see your fucking animal speech isn't wasted. Um, As you turn around, you hear a kind of crunch behind you as Tavistock comes out the tree line. Listen, are you trying to fucking get lost? Oh, Fuck, what the hell's this? I've got all the armour and everything, like all the like shoes, and I've got the sword, and I've got the little ring, and I've found some other shit, and I've like compiled it all and I've been, like clinging onto it. Great! What the fuck's this, Kentucky Fried Ox fam? Jesus Christ, I don't want second hand fucked up armour. It's not for you. You reach it. <laughs> Great. Well, don't you just make friends? Jesus Christ. You've got the fucking serial kill... Serial... Oh, fuck me. You've got the social skills of a fucking cannibal, tiefling. As he leans in, looks at one of the arrows, rips it out of the torso <coughs> of the um, the crispy fried man, lifts it up, licks the tip of it, sniffs it, turns it around, sniffs the shaft, and says, <laughs> Asa, no marrow. 
Only a gnome would make an arrow like that. Okay. Are we still are we still following the path at this you, point? You've paused on the path as Tavistock vanished into the fucking tree line. Cool. <clears throat> Tavistock turns around to um, turns around to you more and is like, "Grab what you want. Come on, we got to get back to them. Sun's setting soon, and I don't want to get fucking caught out here on my own." Okay. So I'm. I have hair. I have armfuls of shit. We've got like shoes. I've got a crispy sword. I've got like loads of shit. And in the ring, I put in my in my um in my nice baby white yak fur coat with the hood. Um, with and then there's a tiny tiny bullet hole, like a bolt like a bolt gun hole in in the um in the side of the coat where where that's where they like how they murdered the baby yak you can see it was it was it actually made into a coat or did you just did you are you just wearing a yak <laughs> still like when i put the hood when i put the hood up it's basically the baby yak's head like oh. with no sense of irony your coat has more backstory than you do currently wow <laughs> right as as the rest of you, you're all kind of stationary. Some of the dwarfs are milling around. You keep hearing the name Jpeth with sad little weeps. Um, as <clears throat> you just see bursting from the tree line, a slightly charcoal smeared Barbara comes running back to you. Tatty skips around as two more figures burst out of the tree line, slowly walking back. One of them encumbered by a small mountain, looking like a student student at a fucking Pizza Hut buffet just absolutely towered down with burnt-looking armour as she dumps it at the feet of the rest of the party. What are you telling them? Um, I found some crispy seed humans and I stole all the shit, the good shit. And um, we're, we're in a very... We don't know how far we've got to go and we don't know how long we're going to be walking for or what we're going to find on our way, but the crispy seed humans had little gnome arrows stuck into them so I think that we should make the most of what we have um yes here you are the spoils of war does um did you say that um Javis Javistock so racist Tavistock Tavistock um, you know what his name is he's got the arrow hasn't he yeah does he, he uh, walks over to you hands you the arrow and is like one of yours little man can I investigate it uh, I think it'd be perception, but yes, you can perceive what the fuck the arrow. Thirteen. Mm. You're aware of this. This is an arrow you've seen many times before. This is the kind of arrow you'd have been trained to make in the Gnome Army. Mm. This is not a shit arrow. This is a well. Despite the fact the flights are slightly burnt now, <clears throat> the shaft is a little bit crispy. You you can appreciate, as somebody who spent the majority of his adult life working with a bow and arrow, the precision craft of the way that the head is attached to the, the flight and the body and the shaft, all the other terms of arrows that I don't understand. Um, this is definitely one of your own, made by one of your own in a precision manner. Would I... Do I recognise the difference between it being a well-made military... It's a military arrow. Yeah. yeah. Or, is, or do I recognise it as, like, being made by a certain... Not person, but, like, do I recognise it as the ones that I used to make? That's what I was saying, yeah. Very much to the degree that you were trained to make things. Best of your knowledge, there can't be that many gnomes wandering around in this end of the world. You're a long way from home. I have a uh, panic attack. 
essentially. As you all look around, you see the little gnome fall to his little knees, grasping an arrow with little sobs coming out of his face. Oh. As um, Aristobulus leans down next to you and is like, don't worry, mate, I'll miss him too. <laughs> okay, so at first I wasn't crying, but as soon as he mentions Theolian, I'm like, oh god, I'm Theolian too! I still haven't processed any of this! I give, I offer a, a drumstick from my, my pigeon. Wiping away a tear with a greasy eagle drumstick. I throw a snowball, but underarm. <clears throat> As Tavistock gathers everyone in, he's like, we're clearly not alone here. There's clearly a force. I don't know what happened to Palebank Village, but I intend to find out. We're still a night's rest away from it. I suggest we get off the path, make ourselves an encampment, and keep our wits about us. Whatever killed Jalpeth could still be after us. <laughs> As you just hear a, an emotional groan from the rest of the dwarf. <laughs> And that is where we're going to leave this week's episode. (laughs) Sweet baby Jesus, that was intense. I think I need a cold shower and a sit down in a dark room after that. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. And I really do mean that to both of our regular listeners. Assuming you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never missing another episode again? Better yet, give us a five-star review on the podcasting platform of your choice and help confirm the fact that the wheels of this fantasy gravy train should keep on turning. If you fancy supporting us, why not help by donating the price of a hot drink on coffee.com forward slash adventurers anonymous. And for the latest news and updates, we can be found on twitter.com forward slash Adventurers A-N-O-1. And our only fans page is at Dungeons and Dildos. So that just leaves us time to say a huge goodbye from Chris, Chris, Lewis, Matt, Chanel and myself. We'll see you all next week. And remember, stay tipsy, my friends. Oh, shit, this is awkward. Um, Sorry, I've just been informed that we need to hit at least 50 subscribers before uh, we can officially launch our OnlyFans content. Yeah, apparently you're not ready for all of that Orcon Gnome frottage action yet. But we'll get there, don't worry. <laughs>